0: Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O, morning radio for the entire capital city. This is K Today with Jack and Friends on the voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, greetings. Welcome in on a Tuesday morning, August 8th,
1: 2023. We start out your morning in the capital city at 65 degrees on our way to Another day with highs in the 80s. Chance of uh, chance storms. Some rain a little bit later into the day. In the evening, high humidity today, uh, and uh, but another day in the 80s. We got a couple more of those. Looks like maybe by the weekend we'll scrape into the 90s once again. It does remind me, just as a, a look ahead, very early in the show, uh, Thursday, Doctor Ken Dewey is going to be making. His uh, monthly appearance with us. So he was on not that long ago, but that got kind of messed up when I was out of the country, and so he will be here for his August visit. And he'll let us know: are we uh, are we going back to the summer heat at any point this year, or will we transition? You know, kind of stay in these 80s numbers into the end of August and into September as well. So he'll have the latest for us on that coming up. But that's Thursday at eight thirty-five.
2: Can he tell us exactly what it's going to look like for volleyball day in Nebraska yet?
1: Uh it's a good question. We can ask him on Thursday because that will be what, three weeks away? Mm-hmm. Three weeks away from tomorrow is when that, that is. Tomorrow being the ninth and massive that the massive outdoor event. 30th. Gotta yep.
2: stay away from precipitation. Oh, that'll be an
1: interesting question for him is just how long how long in advance do you trust forecasts um to, to even look at those sorts of things? Because if you want, you can go online and they'll give you forecasts that are out ninety days. <laughs>
2: I trust my almanac all year yeah, round.
3: I bet you do. Uh good morning Mark, how are you doing this morning? I'm present and accounted for. Good.
1: I guess fine. Good. All right. Why good. not? Good to uh good to have you with us. Uh how about this? The uh, j- in terms of a project that has I, I, again I call it Operation Warp Speed Part Two, <laughs> no, yeah. Operation Warper Speed, uh, Operation Warper Speed <laughs> warp. update uh, it, in an update there to Operation Warp Speed Two, we now have actual demolition going on on the exterior of Pershing Auditorium. Yes, don't blink or that thing's going to be down immediately and all your memories
3: gone. November if, is the expected completion. To, that's,
1: that's getting it down. That's getting the whole thing cleaned yep. up. That's yep. just having it a nice, clean piece of land to build whatever it was they were going to build there. I don't quite remember. Uh, what was it? Residential areas? A library? Use, I no? Library's not going use. there? I don't, know. I don't know. We've got to have some more frequent reminders of what's going on here, to be honest, because it has been yeah. nearly... Has it been a? Goodness sakes! It's been a decade. Yes, it has it been had- a literal decade of this.
3: We moved, to or thing. I moved to Lincoln in 2013, Jeez. and I ne- have never set foot inside. Auditorium. That's wow!
1: That's crazy. That thing sat there. But yeah, when was the? La- I wonder what the date I should I should look this up. What the date of the very last event in Pershing Auditorium was because the it was I believe. Yeah, I believe the arena started in twenty thirteen twenty thirteen. 2013. Right, 2013.
3: Michael, Michael Bublé.
1: Right. Yeah, that's Yeah, Bublé was the first concert there and um yeah, that's it was it was right Tim Miles did a season. I always think of the basketball part of it too. Tim Miles did a season at the at the Devaney Center and so it was his second year here that he did um that he coached at the arena. So it would have been Believe 20, 2013 as well. 2013, is that the first season? I need to check that out. There was a
2: March 9th, 2014, ZZ Top concert.
1: Oh, all the way into Okay. So that when they were both worried. So ZZ, I kind of remember that. I kind of remember that. So, okay, we're not quite a decade out. (laughs) Not quite a decade (laughs) out from that thing being lying fallow. Very close.
2: So when my dad and and my mom came to visit and obviously see their granddaughter, we were talking about, because we had started to see some of the pictures of Pershing, uh, and it's starting to, to come down and a little bit of that, and we, we were started talking about the one game that I got to play there, and he coached me, and it was sophomore year, state semifinals for basketball, and I was like, I, re- I remember the exact spot and how everything felt for the one shot I made in there, and my dad goes, you know, I played in Pershing once, too, and I was like, what? So my dad, he was like, yep, we played there in the high school game, and I, I made a shot from here, and I was just like, I played in the same arena that my dad did, despite us going to high schools three hours apart that played in vastly different classes.
1: Yeah, That
2: yep. just felt very cool to, to come up in the last few days.
1: Had that in common, and uh, as do many, many other people. Yeah. Uh, it's just, it's like, and so there's all that sentimentality associated with it, but when it takes a decade to bring the building down, I feel like it's not quite as intense, for better or for worse.
2: Well, in in those... Those sentiments are so different than just being like this has been a wasted block, right, like a like a very high quality high visible block
3: yes and about in the city of Lincoln and about a hundred thousand dollars a year to maintain it, yeah, yeah,
1: well I mean even you go back to the history though there was a you know they did request for proposals on this thing um at least once, maybe a couple of times they had a they had a pretty significant proposal to make it what else uh student housing. Student housing development on there, and Mayor Beitler at the time decided not to uh, decided not to go with that proposal. Uh, he had a different vision for what that was, what that plot of land was going to be, uh, and he said he said no to that. And I, you know, I think his dream was always that it was going to be kind of a, a corporate campus of a of a larger. Corporation or at least large not large national corporation, but in terms of a corporation that needed some space I think that was always the thought and I it it never came to fruition And it still hasn't come to fruition either because that's not necessarily what they're they're going to be doing there But yeah, we are we are one month away from the 10-year anniversary of the first concert at Pinnacle Bank Arena That was that as you said that was Michael Bublé there. Okay. Were you that was September 13th? 2013. By the way, oddly enough, I don't really remember this, but do you know who was here six days after that for the second concert at Pinnacle Bank Arena? Sing, singing, singing a prequel, a less controversial song. Try that in a medium-sized town. Really, Jason? <laughs> Jason Aldean. It was the Lincoln version of that song. Try that in a mid-sized, you know, not a big city, not a small town, about a quarter of a million. Try that there, can you try that in the greater
2: greater metro area
1: right <laughs> exactly try try that by south point <laughs> <laughs> try you you wouldn't try that in Millard try try that in the country club area <laughs> see what happens uh yeah so that was that would be that'd be 10 years ago this fall so if they get it down by November uh completely done by November uh like you said mark that will be right about right about the exact 10 year mark the pershing went on in a little bit into 2014 but that was it so a full decade full decade of again nothing happening. Nothing happened. We had we had several requests for proposal, as I said. You had things that were looked like they were going to be okay that didn't happen. You had discussions about having the big city library there and that going to a city election, which I guess is on tabled right now. Remember that? I mean, that was a whole oh, thing too right. for a while. Yeah, and I don't know when it was. I asked the mayor about that, but there was. I think that's basically tabled here at this point. But that was going to be a, a an election issue that was going to come up, and so. That's not there anymore, and then of course the discussion about taking down the, the, the mural, the mural, and first you thought you had a place to put it at Lancaster Event Center, and then until you didn't, then looked like there was no place to put it, and the city didn't want to have it in the parks, and then Waiuka swoop swoops in, and so that's all down. They got that down, by the way. It's being no, what,
3: what is it like
1: stored? How many tiles? I can't remember the number, but being stored safely in a warehouse somewhere, I imagine. Uh, and then it'll be reinstalled at Waiuka here next. So, anyway, interesting news. It's just, I mean, boy, that's a culmination of a long saga that felt like it just it really never was never was going to
3: end. Uh, Mark, other things going on here this well, morning? I guess it's kind of a strange. At least I find it a little strange. Uh car stolen uh, Saturday night from a DoorDash driver, a delivery driver, Turned out to be a 12-year-old girl What who stole the car. Okay. Uh, they were able to find it. And then last night, just before midnight, stolen vehicle uh, near 2,500 or 2,600 W, I believe it was. Ended up with a police pursuit. Didn't last very long. 26th and Randolph is where it crashed. 16-year-old driver and an 18-year-old really? passenger. So, Really? Uh, they're both in custody. But, yeah, the 12-year-old stealing the car Saturday night is the one that kind of surprised me. I like would it. have, I'm pretty sure
1: I would not known very well how to operate a car at 12 years old. I'm not sure if I would have. I think I knew what the gas pedal was and what the brake pedal was, well, but having, that's about that. I'm not I, sure I, I could have put it our in. our truck,
3: so. Oh, here we go. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I was driving tractors from the time I was five years okay, old. Okay, so. sorry I brought this up. And, and you can try that so,
2: in a small town. Yeah.
1: Yes. <laughs> yeah, we well, yeah, yeah, try try that. Try being a 12-year-old <laughs> and knowing how to drive in a medium-sized town. <laughs> you won't know squat. Well, <laughs> This is gonna be my new song. All the things that you guys did, try it in my town. It, it, it's it's right? literally
2: the Jack Mitchell tries right. that
1: in a small town. Right. No, but no, but it's it's vice versa. You guys are talking about all the things you did that I definitely didn't do or couldn't have done or wouldn't have done. <laughs> try that in a medium sized town. <laughs> right? Uh, yeah. All right. Well I'm glad I well I'm not I don't know if I'm glad about anything,
3: but uh, uh, but along that, that line, this uh, weekend, and this might be something for you to consider at some point in the future, yes, Jack, with your yes. uh, soon-to-be next driver in the family, proactive driving school held out at the uh, airport Saturday and Sunday. Uh, it's called Put on the Brakes. Uh, it's a proactive driving school that, uh, according to their records, once the teens go through this driving uh, school, event, school yeah they uh have a 64% less likely to have a car crash in their first 3 years of driving. Really?
1: All Sign- right, I'll keep that in mind. I'm still I mean I'm still another 3 years away from that, so we got a ways to go, but until we get another one of those things, but that's good to
3: good to yep. be aware of. Yeah, and and with uh you know, accidents uh one of the biggest uh, causes of death among teenage drivers. Yeah. Uh, you'd be yeah, yeah without a doubt. So, all right. That's that's good. To, that story you
1: had yesterday about state patrol saying that they've got so many people who are going just like crazy speeds now. Uh,
3: like, in July, over a hundred. That's crazy. And yes. five hundred between ninety and ninety-nine in July.
1: I don't know my that my car gets. I don't know that I can do that in my in my old. I don't know my Pathfinder has to get up and go to get into the triple digits. Or, Never really tried.
3: <laughs> well, yeah, I've. I mean, I've I've done ninety uh, in a small airplane, but <laughs> <laughs> are they? I wonder if that's in, uh, predominantly on the interstates or highways or where they're finding that. Uh, I would think the interstates or the four lane highways yeah, would be the most likely. I, And you know, quite frankly, uh, you, probably right here between Lincoln and Omaha every now yeah. and then. I mean, there have been times when I've been driving either direction. there would be somebody go by you. Uh, oh. I know I know
1: where where the place is it's when you're you're still in when you're still in Omaha when you're at the on the west side though on i eighty when it's like thirty seven lanes wide oh, yeah. um yeah some of the speeds you'll see on that right before it narrows back down to to three lanes um in in Omaha so I don't know what you're going by well, there. the maybe, maybe 80 split eighty fourth yes. yeah right before the split right before yeah. the split but I mean going back to Lincoln from there, there there's two uh, right lanes that, the split and it is
3: two lanes go to the left and on to 80 and
1: yeah probably by by like 84th street i think in omaha yeah. uh, where the exit for that would be people are just i mean yeah that that can be crazy it's it feels like it's sometimes legit hard to stay up with the speed of traffic there yeah it is. because it's going so fast and you're like Well, yeah but i don't want to be the one speeding well that's that's the way it phone is phone.
3: on on uh, interstate 35 around des moines no, it's 70 I never get on to 35. I always stay on 80 the whole way. Even if you're going like to Minneapolis well, or I, Chicago. I I guess I don't do that. I I
1: mean 98% of the time I've been going there I've been going to see my in-laws so. If you so. take
3: the, the loop around the north side, I, it just gets faster and faster.
1: Really? Yeah. Yeah, it's that's some of those areas where it's that's just kind of that's kind of the norm there. So. Oh, and then by the way, did you see uh 98th Street uh 98th Street buckled? In Northeast Lincoln, because of the extreme heat a while back, and so they're shutting that thing down to uh, to repair it. 98th Street from O Street to Holdridge is closed until August 18th, because it buckled when it was very hot out here a couple of weeks
2: ago. All right, shorter list. What roads are open in
1: town? Yeah, exactly. Well, by the way, I, that's what I was thinking of. 98th Street is where I went, because 84th Street was closed a couple <laughs> of times, which, by yeah. the way, bad decision on my part, but... <laughs>
3: Well, eighty fourth is now open. Uh, not completely. One lane. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's not. I. It's not a
1: bastion of convenience yet. I would no. say that. I was. On a, I was driving around there yesterday. It's. Uh,
3: it, but it is kind open, of a mess. Technically, it's open the whole way. Ninety eighth isn't so. Ninety eighth isn't now. And yeah. 70th, so now you can go to. seventieth is, you know, single lane when once you get north of Vine. Yeah. Well, but uh, finally,
1: eighty. Uh, I don't have to forget 84th is closed for the umpteenth time this summer, which I've done over and over and over again. Because now it's at least open, only one lane though. But yeah, that's been that's been the uh, most impactful for me personally. Construction project is uh, is 84th Street from O to the north. There,
3: that's been. Oh, it's and remember been when Pine Lake and 70th were closed for what? Yeah, twelve years. Yeah, and they opened it, seemed it. Like it. I
1: remember they opened it up on Christmas Eve. It was uh when they opened Pine Lake up from seventieth going uh going west there. That's seven. Opened it up on Christmas Eve. Yeah.
3: At seventieth in Pine Lake, uh is really starting to develop some things out
1: there. Yeah, they're putting like I think there's gonna be like two urgent cares at that same corner. Yeah. It looks like. So yeah, best man. place in town to get hurt, also grab a coffee. And they got a they got a fire and police department right there too. That's
3: right. Coffee shop, coffee drive through coffee and ziggies. Yep, uh, uh, Physical therapy shop going in.
1: So, there you know. go.
3: You got it all. You got a liquor store not far from there?
1: Everything you could ever want. Yeah.
3: Big box hardware <laughs> store. Everything you
1: need for a weekend. <laughs> liquor <laughs> store, police and fire, and urgent care. <laughs> all right. It's 625. We'll take a break. It's LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN.
0: Where the news never stops. And the talk never ends. They always have great conversations. KLIN. Lincoln.
5: Terms apply.
0: A look at news from both inside and outside of Lincoln, and conversation on how that news affects us here. It's time for the Sound Off on LNK Today. All right, 636 LNK
1: Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. On this Tuesday morning, Joe Jordan coming up about a half hour from right now, and we will also have... John Baylor joining us later in the later in the show, as Caleb mentioned earlier, not far away from that uh, volleyball season getting started with the big game at Memorial Stadium. That's three weeks from tomorrow, and Nebraska volleyball, like the football team, underway at camp. Uh, I was going to mention this in the morning drive, but if you haven't yet uh, had a chance to see this uh, this YouTube video that came out for Nebraska football, which just came out last night, so there's a good yeah. chance you haven't had a chance to watch it. But they, be, they I watched basically and I recommend a thirty minute uh a thirty minute show documentary style, kind of like hard knocks like in the mm-hmm. NFL where they which is the show that they have on HBO where they go follow a team during training camp and kind of kind of cover some stories. And it's just documentaries so you can get an inside look. They essentially did that with Nebraska football uh and put out a half hour I guess first volume of of this whole thing, and it's really interesting. You can watch; you get a lot of the insight of between of Matt, what Matt Rule is saying to the players, and you know just what all just what all goes into going into fall camp or training mm-hmm. camp, whatever you want to call it. But uh, the end of it is is John Cook addressing the football team, and yeah. so that's pretty interesting too so take i
2: i recommend it i enjoyed it and also when they do the fan day stuff i am in it
1: oh yeah and also caleb <laughs> caleb and his family makes a cameo in it it's very short you could miss it if you're not i,
2: I did you that you might want to pause literally because my so my daughter and my wife were outside playing and i was like okay well while they're out there i'm gonna clean up the living room and i'm gonna watch this i did the leonardo dicaprio mean gif where as soon as i saw it, i just started pointing at the tv and i was like wait a minute nobody's okay i need to roll this back and i'll like, hey guys get in here real quick
1: there we are on tv
2: it's us still, it's us we're on the tv all right you're
1: on the radio but you still get excited when you're on the tv always yeah that's true i get it i get it all right sound off time what do we have to start with today hey we got an update in debate qualification Not far away from that first GOP debate, but one of the people you thought was going to be in it, then wasn't going to be in it, looks like if he wants to, he can now be in it.
6: Mike Pence met the requirements to make the stage. On Monday, his campaign announcing they just crossed the 40,000 donor threshold set by the RNC. He'd already met the polling threshold. Pence is the eighth candidate to make the grade. He'll be joined by Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, South Carolina Senator Tim Scott, Nikki Haley, Chris Christie, North Dakota Governor Doug Burgum, and entrepreneur Vivek Ramaswamy. Again, Trump has not yet RSVP'd. Fox News hosts that debate. It'll be held Wednesday, August 23rd in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Ted
1: Lindner, Fox News. Let's go, Vivek! All right, so that leaves leaves still needing to qualify if they are in one but not the other. Uh, Asa Hutchinson, he still needs to get to... uh, get to the donor criterion but he's up in the he's got enough in the polls Uh, and then you've got Perry Johnson I know a lot probably a lot of Perry Johnson fans here Perry Johnson has got the donors does not have the polling criterion and uh, Suarez the Francis Suarez the mayor of Miami uh, he also has the donor criterion does not have the polling criterion so and then uh Larry Elder will heard neither of them right now. So they yeah, may they yeah. may not be making it. So Bergham, Christie, DeSantis, <laughs> Haley Pence, Ramaswamy, Scott Trump in Hutchinson, Johnson, Suarez, maybe.
2: That already sounds like even just the ones that are already in, that sounds like a like a big enough group, right? Yeah. Yeah.
1: You don't want to get uh, you don't want to get much bigger than that, for sure.
2: Right. Eight. The the reason that they have the you have to reach certain thresholds so that you don't have a million people up right. there. It's not so it's just everybody. you've already that looks like plenty already yeah. you should you should raise the threshold at this point
1: uh, I think there's a lot of people who are like, "I really
2: want to see what Perry
1: Johnson has to say might also figure out who he is
2: <laughs> mostly people are going, all right, how much money does he need to get up there? I want to figure out who you are yeah, I want to learn
1: um. And like she said there, or he said, I can't remember who did that clip, but Trump is still still not clear as to whether or not he is going to do it. I don't know. Do they have a deadline? I don't know if they have a deadline for saying that they're going to do it, but the actual debate is on August 23rd. So that would be, Caleb, two weeks from tomorrow. Two weeks from tomorrow is when that'll happen. They've got until August 21st to hit these numbers. So they've got down. So I assume Trump also probably can have the he can probably string them along. They'll give him all the time he needs, I'm sure. But 21st, do you think he's going to do it? Like, I, I get why. I mean, again, we we don't have to go far to see how this strategy works because it happened here in. Nebraska, and it's happened in mm-hmm. in other races as well, where candidates who look like they're the front runner don't want to do debates. I mean, we've had that here locally when we've tried to set up debates, and there's a candidate who's kind of the the favorite, where they've been like, "eh, I don't really want to do a debate. I'm not gonna not gonna do that." It's kind of it's kind of what happened here. But there's also a part of me that really thinks that he's not going to be able to not do it. Or at least not do something.
2: He during well, that and th- time. Th- that's the thing is, if it's up to him, if it was just strictly up to him, he's absolutely there. Yeah, but he's got to, He he but, he will do something if, if he can't be. Do there.
1: you think he'll do something? Because I, I I believe he did this in 2016, where he didn't do a debate, and so he held an event mm-hmm. that was running at the same time as it to try and take some attention away from the debate oh yeah i wonder if he would uh absolutely i wonder if you if he doesn't do it if he'll do something like that anyway yeah that's uh august 23rd is first one then there's another one in september on september 27th so pence is in i assume he's going to do it i guess i don't don't have confirmation from his camp that he is going to do it but i assume that'll happen all right other things going on um okay we we've got a bit of an update that I'm going to share for you, but you remember yesterday we were talking about the cage match between Elon Musk and Mark Zuckerberg that Musk says is going to happen. Well, we've got we got a couple of updates on that, Caleb. And I I said uh, I don't think it ever happens, but. There's some back and forth going on about this for starters. Oh, good. that You need to you need to hear about.
7: Musk posted on his social media site X quote: "Zuck versus Musk fight will be live streamed on X. All proceeds go to charity for veterans." Zuckerberg responded, "Shouldn't we use a more reliable platform that can actually Aww. raise money for charity?" To which Musk responded, "Shouldn't you focus on not letting your app die?" Zuck coming in Aww. at five foot seven, reportedly 154 pounds, lean and mean. 39-year-old tech billionaire worth about $110 billion. He's also trained in mixed martial arts. On the other side, coming in at six foot one, weighing about 187 pounds, 52 years old, but he's worth twice as much as Zuckerberg, which counts for nothing in the ring.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
7: which counts for nothing! So so
2: if you look at that, okay, I hadn't I realized to, to look at the, their heights, really. And so you've got... Musk with the reach and the size, but Zuckerberg's got got the training,
1: right? The training, yeah.
2: And the and the youth. Yes,
1: whatever. Uh, well, and then there's this. Speaking of not having the youth, Musk xed out this. Wow, it's the first time I've ever actually not said tweeted. Stop. Is that what you say? Or you think you just say you posted on X? I would just say t- I'm still saying tweeted. He said uh exact date is still in flux. And then he said this, I'm getting an MRI on my neck and upper back tomorrow. It may require surgery before the fight can happen. We'll know this week. Oh gee. That doesn't sound prob that doesn't sound promising at all. That really doesn't sound like it's going to happen. I mean, if you're getting back surgery, it's not like you're jumping in the ring in a couple of weeks, I don't think i uh, no. This, it, no. no no not at all it ain't happening it ain't happening sorry everyone i think i think you're disappointed about it maybe <laughs> you're not
2: at this point i would it have been dumb and still awful to watch yeah would i probably have at least watched clips of it also yeah
1: this would have been the time of year to do it when there's nothing else going on in the sports world. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess the Women's World Cup is on. We got that, but there's not much. There's very little. It's the dog days of sports, and that'll be over in a couple of weeks. So, missed the window on that one. All right, what else do we have going on here today? Oh, boy. Time to talk. Now, we already we talked already about gas prices going up again, which uh, kind of they're kind of rocketing up in lincoln i've noticed even even some of the old standbys the cheaper places that we all know about uh, still pretty high right now but gas prices aren't it it's also pork prices but maybe not for the real eye the reason that you would think it is not necessarily just generally because of the economy or something like that it's very much got to do with a specific law that was recently passed in California.
8: The intent of the California law is really not around the younger pigs, but really the pregnant sows, that they have enough space. Proposition 12, which passed overwhelmingly in California, says they need more space. Problem is, cost of this conversion, tremendous, and it essentially forces the rest of the country to abide by the California law. Now, the big producers, they are saying they will comply with the law. That's the the folks like Hormel, Smithfield, and all that sort of thing. The problem is they've got a lot of money and they can afford to comply. The small producers, not some millions perhaps, in added costs to consumers.
1: All right. So what is that? That's traditionally reflected itself in bacon prices is normally where you see that. We were talking about this on the show yesterday where I said I feel like pork tenderloin and and like uh, pork shoulder, pork butt are, are two of the best high, best values in all, in the meat world which I, I still tend to think that as well. They'd have to go up a decent amount for that, not to be true, but you see it in the bacon. That's where you definitely see it.
2: We just had Five, bacon wrapped steaks seven yesterday, bucks. so the, the bacon was the, good.
1: To get the bacon, yeah. All right, what else do we have going on here this morning? This is interesting. Uh, the state of Hawaii, they have um, They have for a time made illegal butterfly knives you know what butterfly knives are they're the ones that you know you can flick up right okay and they they come apart oh okay yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. i know they, they've, they've been illegal well apparently the ninth circuit court has been taking a look at whether or not banning not guns but butterfly knives is violative of the second amendment Could Hawaii be getting its knives back? Hawaii had long made it a misdemeanor to buy, sell, own, or send a butterfly knife. That's the hinged blade
6: that swings around into a split handle that can sheathe the blade. But now the U.S. Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals back in California rules the Hawaii law is likely unconstitutional and that a federal district court hearing the initial complaint should reverse its upholding
1: of the Hawaii knife law. The appeals panel, which included three circuit court judges, directly named the Second Amendment as the reason for their finding. Eben Brown, Fox News. You can pull my butterfly knife from my cold dead hands, and then flick it around. Obama's coming for your knife.
2: butterfly knives.
1: I've I've seen those. They're they're. I mean, I know we're not Hawaii for a lot of reasons, mm-hmm. but. You you see those quite a bit, don't you? I wonder why. Is are they more dangerous than is it people? Is it because people just get too wild with and the little start with the around. tricks and stuff? Probably trying to look cool. Maybe when
2: <laughs> it's open. Um. Well. So butterfly knives under the right to bear arms.
1: Yes. Yes.
2: Uh, all right.
1: Another Mega Millions drawing. I know. I know. We've talked a lot about this, but there, I'm just telling you now. There's another drawing tonight. It's up at whatever, $1.5 billion now. Now's the time, if you're waiting for the obscene amount of money, now's definitely the time to play.
9: After months without a winner, the latest Mega Millions numbers will be drawn at 11 p.m. Eastern, and there could be a winner of the $1.55 billion jackpot. If someone does win it all, the prize would be one of the largest in U.S. history. The winner can choose between 30 payments over time or one lump sum worth about $757 million. Dang. The jackpot has been on the rise since earlier this year when someone in Syracuse, New York, won a $20 million prize in April. But the odds of winning the Mega Millions jackpot are pretty slim, about one in 302 million. Christine Goodwin, Fox News.
1: So you're saying there's a chance. Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, that's a lot of money, man.
1: I bet it goes, I I wonder, it, sometimes you got to get these things to the weekends to get to the real big numbers of people buying these things, so maybe we get one more, get one more and get it really close up there to the biggest lottery jackpot of all time. What is, we'll see. What, that Maybe that's when I'll get involved. That's what I need to get involved.
2: I thought you didn't get involved on anything above 50 million. Uh, I, th-
1: my, no, my rule was I don't get involved in any of them because Nebraska, Lincoln, Nebraska had its shot, and if you weren't among the powerball winning group whenever that was 20 years ago then you're you lost you missed it's your not
2: chance not how it works
1: that's not how the world works okay well some people think it does <laughs> so just keep that in mind keep that in mind do what you want but keep that in mind uh, speaking of a uh, speaking of a billion dollars, by the way, this just gives you an idea of how much money a billion dollars is. One clip we're talking about that one person could actually win this. And number two, we're talking about one of the most successful movies uh, in years has made that amount yeah. of money. Yes.
5: Barbie continues to dominate the box office. And in just three weeks, the Greta Gerwig directed film has hit the billion dollar mark.
7: What do I have to do? You have to go.
5: To the, real world. the film, according to Warner Brothers, hit 1.3 billion at the global box office. This also makes Gerwig the first solo female director with a billion dollar movie. Only about 50 films in history have hit the billion dollar mark. Christopher Nolan's Oppenheimer also stayed strong in its third week, bringing domestic ticket sales to 228 million, putting the historical drama across the half a billion mark globally. Michelle Polino, Fox News. All right.
1: Yeah, but Barbie. Uh, Barbie, that puts Barbie you know, good for 45th of all time so far. Hey, good. I mean, you got a ways to go. There's still, they've, she, you know, Barbie's still got more money pouring in, but uh, puts Barbie right between Despicable Me 3 and Finding Dory. Hey, you
2: got to get to 45th before you can get to first. That's, that's what w- I always say. One
1: point, that's, uh, I don't know how r- recent that number is. I'm not sure it's adjusted for the tickets sold last night, but that's one point oh three billion first place. million for avatar 2. or 2.9 billion sorry i forgot the wrong got the wrong letter 2.9 billion for avatar what is the deal with you guys in avatar was it it's fine it's cool cgi technology but really
2: 2.9 billion
1: for avatar
2: yeah, that's kind of where I am.
1: Uh, uh, and it's number three. Also, The Way of Water is number three. Only Avengers: Endgame is between the two avatars. At one, two, three, Titanic at number four. Still, number five. If you're wondering, Star Wars Episode Seven: The Force Awakens. Gross. Those are, and the one other in the two billion dollar club, and that's Avengers: Infinity War. Those are all of the over two billion. Nice movies. So,
2: will does Barbie get to two? Um,
1: uh, I don't know. I think it might, it might fade before it gets up there. We're, we're going to get to football for, season. for box office gross. Cause you got, you got enough people who are waiting to, at this point, starting to wait for the streaming to come out.
2: Well, and you've, I mean, you've had a lot of people that have seen it a few times. It's, it's easier now. It is easier now.
1: This is, might be a very obvious thing to say. But like, I'm more likely f- to wait for a movie to get out of theaters because it's easier to get something on streaming. Well, it may be than it was to you know go rent it mm-hmm. or go buy it ten years ago. Well, that's, for the most part, because it's a- assuming you've got the assuming you've got the service that it's that it's on. What do we say? Barbie's coming out on? I forgot.
2: Uh, Max.
1: On Max, is yeah. it? Yeah. We just watched Super
2: Mario can... Brothers on Peacock. Okay. That, that that came out. I
1: wanted to see that. My my daughter wouldn't she, she her friend group had heard bad things about it. So she was had what? no I know. It's it was a it was a position that was a little bit too
2: Okay. Rigid. Well, I I don't think she's necessary. She's not target audience as well. Who
1: it. is? Me?
2: Uh you and then little little kids probably. Oh, okay. So, I mean, I I felt really good right in the middle of it because I I grew up on a lot of Mario stuff. Yeah.
1: yeah. All right, that is it for your sound off. Uh, a lot of ground cover there. It's 6.55. We've got 65 degrees in the capital city. got Joe Jordan coming up in about 15 minutes from right now. You are listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. When you're thinking Huskers.
0: Boy, Nebraska, pitch yourselves. What a rally. The Huskers pouring it on. It's 11-4 in the first. Think. 1,499.3 KLIN. You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1,499.3
2: KLIN.
0: How is the uh, Request Line Friday text line
1: going so far?
2: It is growing. Is we, it growing? We've got uh, 12 requests in already. Okay. All right. Uh, and if you missed it,
1: the theme this week will be cover songs. Songs done by someone other than the original artist. And uh, we're hoping that you uh, go out and you find some really Unique, maybe surprising stuff for this one. Or if you just have a favorite that you want to go back to, you can, you can do that as well. But it's always fun to say, wait, is this, this person doing this song? <laughs> I always think that's, that's kind of fun. So that's what we're going to do here coming up this Friday. Text in the song you want to hear to 402-479-1400. 65 degrees in the capital city at 7 o'clock on KLI in Lincoln.
4: Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra.
0: Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante studios at 44th and O, morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN.
1: All right, welcome back. 65 degrees in the capital city. On this eighth day of August, 2023. Glad to have you back with us. Joe Jordan, News Channel Nebraska, joins us right now. Talk a little bit about what's going on in Nebraska news and politics. Good morning, Joe. How are you doing today? I'm good, Jack. How are you? I, I mean, we were we were just you know we, we've I, I've personally lamented a couple of times. You, just, you know, sometimes you get into the the dog days on on a few of these topics here. But I, I did realize, Joe, during our sound off today, we were talking about how uh, Pence is now qualified for the the Republican presidential debate, and that's two weeks from uh, tomorrow. I think that they're going to be having that like. We once that first debate happens, I guess you're if you don't feel like you're already are, you're going to be in the thick of the uh, presidential election season for you know a year and three months here in a little while. So you know maybe maybe we'll be tired of that here very quickly. But that's uh, that kind of kicks things off.
8: Well, not only that, but and I know there are there are Democrats who don't want to hear this, but that debate could be must watch TV.
1: Let me ask. Let me ask you this. We don't typically talk a lot of national stuff, but you know, it's like what? What do you think? Do you think Trump? He keeps kind of like saying, "Well, I don't. I don't need to do it. It'd be kind of stupid to do it, wouldn't it?" But then he sort of leaves it open, like he still may do it, and I think he wants people to to wonder a bit. In the end, do you think he? Do you think he'll stay away from that thing? If you had to guess,
8: no, I think he's going to be there. And, and if he doesn't, if he doesn't show up. The excuse is going to be, and I put that word in quotes, but uh, what we're probably going to hear is, well, you know, the judge has him; he can't talk about certain things. Uh-huh. And those things are probably going to come up during the debate. So, how can he talk about them? Uh, that's my guess. But, but the, Donald Trump's history is, given the opportunity to be front and center in a in a <laughs> in a media event. He wants to be front and center, yeah, and uh, that would that would be the case. And it would be to me, it it would, it will would be if he's there. It'll be a fascinating debate oh. to watch because you've got for so many reasons. A, yes, a, no. yeah, you're right. So many reasons. Half a dozen of the candidates don't want to uh, don't want to you know challenge Trump. Uh, and I'm wondering, and I, maybe you know the answer to this. I haven't heard what the audience is going to look like, That's a good but question. I can foresee a case where Chris Christie starts saying things uh attacking trump and the audience just starts booing him down if there's if there's a live audience in there that's
1: true i wonder who gets in it's in milwaukee that i know yeah um and it's going to be on on fox news it's going to be Pfizer and bright uh brett byer and martha mccallum are moderating it but that's a good question like because they've been doing some of these town halls now on the cable stations and the audiences are very you know Pro or anti things, you can hear it. It's it sometimes gets a little Jerry Springer like in in some of those yeah. places. So,
8: and, and just to take this thing full circle, and, and this, and I, I'll grant you, I may be stretching a bit here, but when you look ahead to the twenty twenty four Senate race here in Nebraska, if indeed Charles Herbster challenges Pete Ricketts, oh. the the Trump issue will be an issue, and how far uh, Senator Ricketts can go in in in, in, in quote unquote supporting. Uh, Trump and not making mad uh, any of uh, his uh, his still very loyal Republicans here in Nebraska and 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 can herbster exploit that uh, and make it a race not about Ricketts versus Herpster but Ricketts versus Trump I mean there's a lot of there's a lot at play here if uh, if Charles Herpster makes that decision uh, and 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 I do think 90% percent of it in, involves his uh, Herbster's, uh, history with, with Trump and, and Ricketts, you know, when he, when he was in five words, quote unquote, running the Pillin campaign, um, he, you know, he, he had to stand up and to explain why, why, you know, Trump was wrong about endorsing, uh, Herbster. Uh, so there's a lot of, there's some history there. And I do think, uh, you know, again, it's, it's the, if is will Herbster make the challenge, but if he does, uh, the Trump presidency is going to be part of that
1: campaign. That's, that's there's so many interesting questions in there because the whole kind of establishment Republican thing, uh, if that's maybe that's not the best term for it, but I'm thinking of Ricketts, I'm thinking of Sass, where they had maybe somewhat either either tenuous uh, relationships with Trump or they had an, uh, an opponent that might have been more Trumpy, so to speak, than than themselves. They've been able to navigate it so far, right? Sass got the endorsement, remember? I, st- I mean, that's still that's mm-hmm. still funny to think about here at this point. And you had you had you know, of course, as you mentioned, Herbster got got the Trump endorsement, but you didn't really like when Trump came here. He wasn't just like going after Pillen or going after Ricketts a ton that you've seen. I think once he did call him a rhino in a in a tweet or a or a statement or something like that, which is by the way hilarious in its own right, but n- no, beat no, <laughs> could be a lot of things. I don't think he's a rhino uh but <laughs> but that that said, like i wonder yeah that's a, that's a really interesting question is how much does he get involved in plus keep in mind uh herbster losing broke his fifty five and oh primary winning streak of endorsements, right. and Trump might be thinking about that too uh, that's right well, I don't know.
8: It, it- and just to add to that, uh, Congressman Don Bacon, uh, you know Trump has has publicly chastised Don Bacon, wanted somebody they were looking you know sort of if you can believe everything that goes around when, when it comes to things that Trump says and what his organization says, they were trying to find a credible candidate to run against Don Bacon to primary him, and they couldn't come up with anybody in the end. Uh, so there's there's friction there. Uh, You know, this whole thing about will uh, will um, will the House of Republicans try to uh, impeach uh, Donald Trump? Well, if they do, that puts Don Bacon in a pretty uncomfortable position, uh, because would he would he not go along with that idea of an impeachment to start with Mm -hmm. the impeachment inquiry? Uh, Keep in mind, you know, Joe Biden won the second congressional district while Bacon was able to to win it as well. So there's there's a lot of. You know tension there between uh, the, the Trump forces in the second district and and, and and Democrats who don't like Trump, but they but they but they it was pretty clear to put it simply there were people voting for Joe Biden and people voting for Don Bacon. There's there's no two ways around that. Now how far can those those, those Democrats who voted uh, for uh, Joe Biden how, how much leeway can they give Don Don Bacon uh, if, if the question of impeachment of Biden comes up? I don't know but it gets it's that whole thing is getting dicey for bacon and and depending on where that impeachment inquiry goes we'll see how that plays out.
1: It's got we've got to be not too far from when if if uh, Herbster is going to get in where he would say that. Um I'm looking at previous years and you had you had um people joining the Senate race in in June of the odd year before. These these Senate well, race like the mind, summer before is when that usually happens
8: because a lot of people look at it, go, "Well, that's twenty twenty four, and the elections in, no- in November." Yeah, the elections in November, but the primaries in May. Right. That's you know, like, when the big, yeah, that's when the big so we're no, we're showdown months, is. We're like nine, ten months, you know. So there's a lot to happen, and you know, I mean, if 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 if, if Charles Hirsch is going to make that decision, uh, yes, he's got to make it. Uh, I don't want to say it's got to be tomorrow, but it's it's got to be coming here in the next few. I wouldn't think any later than in mid-November. I certainly wouldn't think any later than that.
1: Yeah, probably. I mean, gee, many Christmas, it was... Uh, I'm taking people way back here, but I had forgotten about this, but in 2007 for the 2008 race, I, it was November of 2007. Bruning, John Bruning had ended that race in June of 2007. He withdrew by November of that year <laughs> when Johans was going to run. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah we are in the range of all of those things happening and so that could be any time that that thing significantly significantly fires up and then you know and and if he doesn't it you know i I would be so there's part of me that would be sort of surprised if he doesn't at this point joe i I mean i don't have any inside information but just how everything's gone and just kind of the state of what's happening within the party right now i would be really surprised if he doesn't run
8: well there's. The other factor there is, Jack, and I, and I tend to agree with you. I'm not really sure I have a handle on it. I, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me tomorrow if he said, oh, I'm not going to do it. But Charles Herpster, if you think about it, he doesn't have a lot to lose. If he runs against Pete Ricketts and he doesn't win, okay. He didn't he didn't get beat by the incumbent United States senator uh, in, in in Nebraska. You know, I mean, that's not exactly – you know, Charles Herpster is a successful businessman and if he if he were to lose that race, you know, okay, I, you know, there's no great mark against him because he because he. So to my that's, my point being, he doesn't have a he doesn't have much to lose if he wants to take that step.
6: Just the cash. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's, and, uh, and
8: I'm pretty sure he can afford it. Yeah. So, so you know, other other than you, you've got to put time in, you've got to make that commitment. I understand all those things, but in the but the bottom line in the end is, if he loses, okay, he lost to Pete Ricketts, you know who. Who would probably go into the race as the favorite to begin with? Uh, Her, you know, as the incumbent, two-term governor. You know, so there's a lot of things that, that are that line up for Ricketts. So that that this insurgency by Herbster would be, you know, that kind of a campaign. And uh, again, uh, there's not a lot to lose in the end for him. So yeah.
1: uh, I wanted I wanted to ask you. You had a conversation with the Jim Voco of the Platt Institute about a topic that I think I'm I'm also always kind of surprised there isn't more um discussion on the fusion of two issues or or two topics, and that is about the need for workforce um development and just open open jobs in the state that are existing right now that need to be filled and how that ties into immigration policy. Um and you had a conversation uh with with Jim Vocal on the Platin Student, and it's, you know, it kind of gets into dicey territory because um, you know, you've got a lot of people who do not want a policy that is that is authorizing authorizing people who got here illegally. Uh, but at the same time, you really need workers. How? Uh, what? And in, in the Platt Institute generally a conservative, um, a conservative think tank. How? What does he kind of say about the fusion of these issues?
8: You, well, you're right because the, the, the conservative think tank, the, the Platt Institute, they they certainly don't want to, I mean, he made it very clear during the interview, that we're not, he doesn't want to talk about uh, open, you know, opening up the borders. Uh, that's not what, what they're t- talking about, but, they're, but they believe that there may be the opportunity and he's not even clear as to where these are, but there may be an opportunity for certain state policies to change so that people who are here uh, legally, but apparently uncomfortable <laughs> uh, could, could, Get certain jobs, and 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 the, and the marketplace would, would seek these individuals out and, and try to eliminate uh, these, uh, these these jobs open. According to to Vocal, there's some eighty thousand open jobs right now in the state, and um, uh, there's one hundred and thirty nine thousand uh, immigrants in Nebraska. Uh, Ninety three thousand are already in the workforce, so there's room for some fifty thousand others, uh, according to those numbers that could help fill some of those 80,000 jobs. The, the unknown factors are, you know, kind of like, and this sort of goes to the, not just the Hispanic community and, and other immigrant community, parts of the immigrant community, but the whole workforce situation. Where are these, where, where are these people now and what are they doing? Uh, so, you know, when, we, when, when people, we had the great migration from, from jobs during COVID, we've always wondered, where do these people go? Mm-hmm. You know, where, where did they, where, where, where are they? Right. But, that's, but it's also the case with, some, with, uh, with the immigrant community because there's, as I said, there's some 50,000 out there that are apparently ready. They, they could be plugged into uh, work uh, opportunities in the state, and they're just not taking them. So vocal uh, says that when, whenever he talks, to, and I think we, we, I think we kind of already knew this, but when he, when he talks to businesses and, and companies across the state, the first thing on their mind is, we need workers. And then the, then the second then, then the he and others will bring up, well, what about the immigrant community? And he gave me no indication that there's a blowback against it. Uh, they just haven't figured out how to, how to make it work. Uh, and it's, it's, it's an amazing factor because... We we know that those jobs are open, but for whatever reason, they nobody mm-hmm. wants to take them.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and, and you talk to anybody with chambers of commerce. We talk to they bring these things up. You hear it from all of these business leaders how significant of an issue that is, and hopefully one where maybe you can you can have some some solutions for a couple of issues with it as well. But all right, hey uh, Joe, great to talk to you. Appreciate it. We will check in next week. Have a good one. All right. Thanks.
8: Take care,
1: Jack. Thank you. Joe Jordan, News Channel, Nebraska. 724 Caleb's Got to Check Sports coming up next
0: on KLIN. Want today's top news stories? Top Husker stories? You can get them sent straight to your inbox every afternoon. Just sign up for the
4: daily for free at KLIN.com. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw
0: It's time to count them down. The five things you'll be talking about today. This is The Morning Drive, presented by Stonebridge Insurance and Wealth Management on ninety nine three
3: KLIN.
1: All right, let's get things started today with number five.
3: A legal nonprofit that has targeted colleges and universities offering preferential treatment based on race has accused UNL of racial discrimination for creating and supporting a residency program for black filmmakers, it's the Equal Protection Project. They were involved in the U.S. Supreme Court case challenging Harvard University's race con- uh, race conscious admission policies. They filed a complaint against UNL last Friday. Really? Well, yeah.
1: Okay. Uh, do we
3: know Do we know anything about this
1: program? Essentially, uh, the the black it's called the Black Public Media Residency Program,
3: as I understand it. Right. It's uh, a Partnership between uh, the Johnny Carson School of Emerging Media Arts and a New York City-based nonprofit, Black Public Media. Okay, and it uh, goes to presidency um, program ran for, has run for several weeks in July of last year and this year. It seeks to develop the talent of producers of color, specifically projects where a person of African descent. Is in a key creative position, such as a writer, director, or producer. That, according to the uh, Journal Star story by Chris Duncan, and
1: I assume that this is conditioned on. I, I mean, I don't know exactly what the basis of the lawsuit is, but then you know there there are federal federal dollars that come in as well, um, and so that's going to be mentioned, I suppose, as well, whether or not there is some level of, some sort of discrimination that violates that, that this group is going to, to bring up as well. So we'll see, and, and we'll see if there's any, I, I mean, the other question mark is, you know, with this new decision that recently was handed down just this summer by the Supreme Court, right? How does any of the, how does any of that ruling, if at all, apply to cases like this that are that are going to be brought up against? I'm sure Nebraska and against other some of these programs sure. at other schools as well. I'm sure it'll play a big part of it. Yeah. Well, and they want Nebraska to appoint a special investigator to see if there are other things like this as well, which you know. I don't know, and don't forget, you got a brand new chancellor here at Nebraska. Yes, UNL. That's uh, you know, having wouldn't have been here for wouldn't have been here for the establishment of this program like this, but this will be certainly be on his
3: plate going forward as well. So, keep an eye on that. Moving on, number four. The city uh, provided an update on the redevelopment of Pershing um, yesterday. National Concrete Cutting and Jamco Abatement have completed environmental remediation and the utility removal um, is going to be done uh, now, or it was done in the first week of August. And now, removing interior debris that cannot be crushed or recycled, such as ceiling uh, grids, like seating, in order to maximize the remaining demolition. Hey, well, version yeah. coming down.
2: Are they giving away some of the seating? I don't know. The the ones that aren't torn and and ripped up.
1: <laughs> I'm assuming that's already happened. Most of that's already I happened to the so. degree it has. But
3: and you know, seats can be uh, crushed, ground up, and recycled, uh-huh. used as croutons.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh my god!
1: <laughs> no, I but but in all seriousness, you know what's the rush on this thing? Holy cow! Hold your horses, guys. I mean, I don't... Don't eat this thing down immediately, do we? Holy cow! (laughs) Why don't you let us soak in some of the memories of Pershing before you rip this thing down and rip all our hearts out immediately? Be very facetious. It's been literally a decade. Yeah, Uh, not quite a day. It's been nine years since they last had an event at Pershing.
2: I can't wait to see what eventually goes up there, though. Like just just an unused an unused spot for for almost a decade. Well they I mean they had I mean there was
1: there was a plan that was that was out there right it was housing it was going to be uh housing that goes into it affordable housing that's a part of it there was there were there was a little commercial there as well um but this is back I mean I was back in 2021 when they talked about that whole thing it was that Lotus Group of Omaha put together that plan and a, a, one of the things that was part of it or was discussed as original discussions ended in, in 2021. Well, not the original discussions, but discussions was to put a downtown library branch there, but that would have to come through a bond issue, which, as far as I know, that's
3: not happening anytime soon. Well, it didn't happen, and it hasn't happened. That would have been if the city would have redeveloped. R- but, right. But now as Lotus develops, that develops they could probably have an area in there that could serve as a library. That was, yeah, well, yeah, but it wouldn't be a, a city library necessarily at that point. So well, if they just leased space. It wouldn't be.
1: Yeah, maybe, but I mean, that was retail space, parking. Uh, it was a it was an apartment building, hundred unit, five story apartment building. That's what was was going to happen there. I don't. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what the plan is exactly. I don't if know, that's I still, don't, if I they're still. Behind I'm it, if they've adjusted that over the last couple of years? I'm sure
3: there's contingencies now being looked at. Oh. We've heard a lot about contingency plans.
1: All right. Well, there you go. So that thing's going to be completely down, and the land is going to be ready to be developed by November. Is that that's right, the Mark?
3: That's the plan, as I understand it. Yeah. Jeez, guys are like lightning quick. <laughs> zip, zip, zip. <laughs> Number three. Downtown Lincoln has defined... Uh, by the city council and uh, city leaders might get a little bigger. The downtown area now is actually uh, downtown Lincoln Association is uh, under contract to provide services and they want to expand that now to the telegraph district. Okay, so the area that the DLA that they... The services expand geographically yep. essentially they have two areas that they oversee one say they uh, the market one the downtown area
1: it is an interesting question is where do you where do you put the bounds of downtown lincoln if you're describing it i mean i think it's pretty clear for me is that it starts i mean if i'm drawing a it starts at about Lincoln High would include the Telegraph District in my mind. Yeah. Right? And then it would go to the beginning of the university on the north side. Okay? On the on the northeast side of my idea of downtown. Uh, and then it would go over to the... PBA. You know, PBA. Yeah, PBA would be a good corner of it. That would be the northwest corner of it. Then straight down there to... What the the park in the school there? Um, uh, I'm I'm forgetting. I'm having a, a brain fart there on on uh, which. Side of the Cooper Park, in, in that area, I would say just before that would be the south boundary, and then it... probably the uh, Lincoln Mall the southwest or, boundary. I yeah. should say, okay. and then the northwest boundary is probably well. It's kind of down. I mean, it would be past. It would kind of be. It'd be past that Lincoln High area. It'd be you know kind of straight, straight south from that area. So that would kind of That'd kind of be my definition. Right? Southeast, correct? Sorry, I said that wrong. Yeah,
3: that would be the yeah, about that would be the Capitol southeast Park, Capitol Parkway and Randolph up there.
2: We need to get a yeah. We need to get a map in here and a big old sharpie for you. Yeah, I know. I
1: a visual would help with that with that <laughs> whole thing. But it is always fascinating. But I mean, it is bring up an interesting question like is the is the telegraph district downtown right is that will well, that be considered a part of it it would it have been before is it
3: now has that changed i don't know if it's actually going to be considered downtown is always going to be considered a telegraph district, but just being uh, under the Downtown Lincoln Association for those services that uh, daily. Right. provide. And that's the practical reason. Yeah. I'm kind yeah. of just bringing this up for more of a, I don't think a, a fun other, local discussion. I don't think it'll ever be called Downtown Lincoln. Yeah. It is just in my like, mind, though. Just like Haymarket is.
1: I would. Do you consider the Haymarket downtown? Sure. Okay, yeah, me too.
3: But I it's think... got its own little moniker right
1: there are separate sections within yeah. the downtown within the downtown area as well but anyway well we'll we'll, we'll uh we'll see how that continues to grow i, te- I mean the telegraph district has, as i think really come along in terms of the vision that was laid out there a few years back for what this was going to be and and More and more commercialists filling in. Man, I'm hearing that Canyon Joe's Barbecue place. Yeah,
2: I was just gonna say
1: that. So that's down there in that rough area, I believe, right now. Also debuted in Munch Madness this year. Connection? I don't know, but I am hearing lines out the door at Mm -hmm. that place. And they, if you want to get there, keep selling out. Yeah. So, all right, Lincoln's downtown is uh, is growing or at least expanding in terms of what the DLA is serving with it. Oops,
3: wrong one. Number two. A Nebraska football creative team has done it again with the first episode of A Look N. It was released on YouTube last night. 30-minute look. First week of all camps. So what do you guys think? Um, I Caleb and I both had a chance to watch it. Uh, it's got, you know, from it starts
1: with a move-in day into the dorms at Selleck. Behind-the-scenes moments with coaches, players, staff, Other staff fan day, yeah. training table. All of these things. It's kind of like if you've ever watched, and I really haven't, because I don't have HBO, but (laughs) the Hard Knocks show where they go with an NFL team and go through the entire training camp with them and do a documentary. It's akin to that. Um no fights out on the field. No, no fights. Out. Well, there was a water balloon fight. There was. Spoiler a, there, alert. There,
2: yeah, yeah, you're right. You're so right. Spoiler alert
1: on that one. But you get insight, you get to hear. It's cool. You get to hear Matt Rule talking to the team in the meetings. You get to hear John Cook come in and talk to the football team, which was really interesting as well. I, it's a good watch. It is a really, I thought it was a really, really interesting watch. Whether you're like a super football fan or a more casual football fan, I think you'll probably enjoy yeah. this.
2: And a few of the things that I liked obviously when, when you get Coach Cook coming in and talking about his background and, 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 and what got him to where he is, that's always going to be intriguing to me and I know that's not necessarily football but that's one of the best coaches not just on campus but in the country for his sport you have at one time Coach Matt Rule comes in and has the team all welcome each other. It looked kind of like past the peace at church. That's yeah,
1: exactly <laughs> what I said to my wife. We were watching it, and they are like, say hi to someone, and it's like the exact thing at church. Why don't you find the people around you and just introduce yourself. If it's someone you don't know, and you're like, good morning, all right. good morning. All right,
2: turn around, tap someone up, peace be with I, you, sit back as, down.
1: As a pastor's son, I think I can say that's my last favorite point time in church. <laughs> I always, I, it's, I don't know, it's not even that I'm not outgoing, I just, ugh.
2: But but there were a lot of there was a lot of good stuff in there. They talked about the, the injuries and, and what it takes to, to come back from stuff. You heard some of the Nick Henrich stuff that, that we had heard earlier in camp as well. One of the things that I most appreciated out of this is that sometimes when you get things released to you from programs, it is It's babied up for you. It's there we're gonna make sure there's no nobody's talking bad. There's no swear words at all. I mean, they're not dropping a bunch of f bombs, but they let stuff play. Yeah, like like you hear Coach Rule say a couple of things, and you're like, "There's no way he would talk like that at the podium, or, or or at Fan Day, or walking around." But they're being real with each other in these practice environments, and I appreciated the look inside that we got in so many of these moments.
1: It was, I can't believe they turned that thing around because they had. I was watching it last night, and they had stuff from the scrimmage on Saturday. yeah. I was like, geez, that was forty-eight hours ago.
2: Oh, I, I bet those, those those creative teams, those 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 guys and girls in there have just been working nonstop. That had to be a new
1: level of work they had to do to to get that thing done. Well and then I wonder who I wonder who prescribed this. Who yeah, said, who, whose idea it, it Who's was? Whose call is that? That's a really fascinating question. Well, you know obviously there's some marketing in it.
2: Here's the thing. We get Coach Matt Rule today. Oh yeah. And I think if I if I saw the schedule right, we get rule today. We'll just ask him, was was this your idea coming in? Yeah. Uh, But then, this is episode one, which means we're going to get more of these. Yeah. And and is this a thing that's just, over the course of this preseason, this fall camp, is this something that they'll release throughout the season?
1: Yeah. I mean, and, and I'm sure it's got a recruiting role, too. It gave me a better feel than I've ever had at what it's like to actually be in that program, in that situation.
2: And in, yeah. and in one more last point on this. there, There's having the cameras all around. There's cameras everywhere now. There are creative teams, and this isn't unique to Nebraska, but creative teams are, are there all over the place. If you watch anything, and you can see on TV they go to a timeout, it's not just the TV cameras that are there. It's the creative teams. It's not just news and everybody else. And for, for them to go and do all of this, we had made fun of how forced some things had looked specifically at Colorado with Dion Sanders. How forced did it look? Making sure this was on camera and this was on camera so you could share it. Nothing looked forced. There were just cameras were just there catching what was happening. Yeah. Take a look at it if you haven't seen it.
1: It's worth uh, checking out if you're uh, a casual football fan or more.
2: Number
3: one. USDA has is issued a public health alert for a raw beef product sold at Aldi. It could possibly contain soft clear plastic. Now, The health alert was issued, but not a recall because the product is not available for consumers to purchase anymore. Uh, It was about one and a half pound plastic trays containing USDA choice black Angus beef for carne piccata for use by August 23rd. So Okay,
1: there's probably people in Lincoln who've got that in the freezer then. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, I know we got I know we got some Aldi fans up there. <laughs> and I'm not asking you not to be one, I'm just saying if you have the beef, yep. Yep. so might wanna look at that. Might wanna take a look. I will say this. If I have to eat uh if I have to eat something, I'd rather eat soft, clear plastic than the rocks that Trader Joe's is having in things lately. <laughs> well
3: I mean it, it's soft it, clear plastic. It kinda sounds good when they put it that way. <laughs> Yeah, but if it's raw beef, you're gonna cook it. Oh, that's true. And I don't know if I'd want cooked last.
1: Then it'll melt. So it's well, that's safe, is it not? If it's co- if it cooks, it takes all the poison. Yeah, out Yeah, I of cooked
2: it. all the chemicals out. It's, it's good, right? <laughs> right. It's
1: just like. It's no. just like boiling poisonous water, right? Same thing. I would think.
2: I should not make a campfire out of don't. just glow sticks. <laughs>
6: don't
3: sure. do this at home. Yeah. don't please no just check this that is check it out and take it back all right there you go we've been busy with the recalls lately haven't we have You found anything gross in your food in the past oh god i have in a restaurant a, oh oh this is a disgusting nope, nope, topic i don't want to
2: talk about this uh
3: i'm sure i have but i don't want to think about it i was right in now. a restaurant in des moines once yeah figures uh at a hotel And the salad bar was infested. The lettuce. Infested with bugs? With, yeah. Hmm. Green worms. Other creepy crawlies. Oh, God. All right. 754.
1: I
2: wanted that to be a setup for a joke. On that note. (laughs) No, no, that was no joke.
1: (laughs) On that note, that's it for your morning drive. Brought to you by Stonebridge Insurance and Wealth Management on KLIN. When you're thinking
0: Huskers... Intercepted the 15, and the Huskers have it inside the red zone. Think 1499.3 KLIN. You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499.3
1: KLIN. All right, 65 degrees in the capital city. Coming up during the 8 o'clock hour. We're open at 810. we we'll do do a little something interactive. Geez, the amount of recipes and kitchen hacks that we got yesterday. We probably could go through those pretty extensively again. But uh, we'll be open at 810. And then at 835 this morning, we will, uh, we will have a chat with John Baylor as we are just three weeks away. Three weeks away from that big game in Memorial Stadium. It happens three weeks from tomorrow. And they've got their fall camp rolling on as well. Grab a break right now for news. It's 8 o'clock on KLI and Lincoln.
9: Join us today during the Jeep celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE or Summit 4xE. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer
5: stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Momo. Live from the
0: Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O. morning radio for the entire capital city. This is K Today with Jack and Friends on the voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, I have, I re-looked at the map
1: of downtown Lincoln or the downtown area. And we've had these debates frequently on the show, not just about downtown, but about the definitions of certain places that you refer to in Lincoln, of regions within the city of Lincoln. And Mark had a story today that said they are adding portions of downtown Lincoln to the area that Downtown Lincoln Association serves. Um... And that that brought up a separate but somewhat related conversation about w- what you define geographically as downtown Lincoln, and I guess how much has that expanded over the years when they're talking about doing that. I have I have taken a look at a map, and now I feel more confident in my <laughs> in my definition on on this whole thing. It's
2: always good when you can get a little bit of evidence to back up your argument.
1: Yeah. Okay. So I am drawing a line. Here's here's what I'm doing for for the south border, okay? I'm drawing a line at Rosa Parks Way, and, you know, that kind of weaves down into L Street. I'm drawing Rosa Parks Way, a, a, a line that if you draw it straight, coming out of there, straight to the east, that it eventually hits H Street. So you might be like me and you can't picture what these streets are. H Street would be the street that is immediately to the to the south of the state capitol. The street in between the state capitol and the governor's mansion. Okay? So that is my southern border of downtown. I guess under my theory, the governor the capital would be in, the governor's mansion would be out. Mm-hmm. You you draw that all the way to Lincoln High School, because if you keep extending that, it would go right into the track football field at Lincoln High. Okay. Okay. And then you take uh, that so that's your that's your south border. Do people? I'm, I'm curious. What do we think of that as the south border? Am, am I, is that too far? Is that too far to the north? Do I need to be including another block or two? Like I'm keeping Billy's restaurant out of it. Is that unfair? Would you say Billy's restaurant is in downtown Lincoln? I kind of wouldn't. Billy's I doesn't wouldn't.
2: feel like it's a downtown restaurant, I get,
1: right? Or, or am I drawing it too far south? Like, is the capital in downtown Lincoln? because i'm getting if I take that Nebraska Parkway line for h street you're getting the capitol on the south side you're getting the the city county building on that whole thing you're getting kind of that more industrial industrial area um that's that's down there too by like h street and eighth if you go down there but I still consider that downtown um so i i I think I'm good with that south border I'm curious if if you guys are. Um, that would make like Cooper Park and Park Middle School just outside of it as well, which I think I I think I like that. I think I've sold myself on the south border. Now the east border is a little more complex. So if we say the very southeast corner is Lincoln High School, which I think it is, then I think what I'm doing is I'm is uh first of all here's the question like is Lewis Ballfields is that downtown? Do we consider that downtown? I I feel like Lincoln High is, but across the street I feel like Lewis isn't. Why? I have no reason. I have no reason, but like that's what I'm that's sort of what I think in my head. So maybe I do Capitol Parkway, take it to 21st Street, but if I do that, I'm cutting off like the mill is that mill that mill area and yeah. like that's downtown, but I'm sort of saying Lewis Park isn't. So I'm drawing a line in between Lewis Ballfields and the Mill Parking Lot. <laughs> That's the actual border of downtown for me. for For whatever reason, okay. Then I'm taking that. Then I'm going to go ahead and take that through Union. I'm going to make the Union Plaza the line. Then for the rest of for the rest of the east border. So I'll take Union Plaza all the way up, all the way up. And how far do I take it? How far do I take it? Do I take it to Vine Street? Do I take it to the edge of the university, which I would call R Street, basically? I That's my thought. I think I'm taking Union Plaza all the way to R Street, and then that starts the northern border, and that will go. I think that's just a straight line. I feel good about this one. That's a straight line on R Street. All the way down, so it goes right, the union's just outside of it, okay? The edge of the universe. the football stadium is not part of downtown. I'm taking our street all the way until you get to I-180, and then I'm jogging up to the north a little bit, so you include the arena and the old post office, and then you get to the railroad tracks. Where the railroad tracks go under I-80, that's the complete, that is the northwest border. And then just give me the railroad tracks over to Rosa Parks Way for the west border. I think I'm good. I, I think I'm good with this. That means the university is not in downtown Lincoln. That means the governor's mansion is not in downtown Lincoln. Um, But I think those are the only, those are the only controversial ones. I'm curious what what you all think, too, about that border. Tony's on the line right now. Good morning, Tony. How are you doing?
3: I'm um, good,
8: thanks.
0: Good,
3: what are hey, you thinking? I think,
8: it, I think it would be interesting to compare your boundaries to what the city de- declares as the theater district. Oh, yeah, to, with
1: the movie theaters,
8: yes. Yeah, because they allow different types of
2: signage, flashing signs. That's right. type signs. And it'd be interesting, I mean, if you're, you know, to expand it, you know, if it is, obviously it's growing. Yes. So it would be good to, you know, to grow the theater district as well yeah
1: that would be that would be interesting do you like my board are you generally on board with my borders that i just laid out
2: oh i do think so yeah i think so definitely it's expanded beyond what they classify as the
4: theater district now
1: yeah definitely to the east for sure at least hey yeah thanks for listening tony i appreciate it oh yeah you got it thank you yeah that's where the big expansion is the expansion is to the east and to the that's really where the biggest expansion is actually to the to the northeast mainly that's the union that's Union Plaza, and that's the telegraph district. I don't know that you would have called that you know when like alltel slash L t T were there before. I don't know, maybe you still would have called that downtown Lincoln. I'm not sure I'm not sure and am I is it the university i'm i'm standing I'm keeping a strong stand on that on that northern border though, right at right on our street at the university. that is the exact i think that is very clear right where that one is go down our street that actually makes part of like some of the greek houses are actually in downtown lincoln depending on which side they're of the street they're on Mm -hmm. which is also kind of the effect that you get with uh with this so i'm curious so what everybody thinks on on that as well and then here's the one that here's the one that i get a lot of people correcting me on and i'm curious what you guys think and how many of you also do this when I say, let's see, let me give let me give an address here. <sighs> uh, let's say thirty third. Well, that's not really a thing. Well, I'll just say this one. Twenty-seventh and old Cheney. Cheney. Twenty-seventh and old Cheney.
2: Cheney. The people spoke.
1: We're not that's not the reason I bring it up right now. <laughs> If I say if I'm at 27th and, and old Cheney and I'm I'm uh referring to something that is there like the Dunkin Donuts that that's over there for instance let's say and I say that that is Southwest Lincoln are you correcting me because I would definitely describe that as Southwest Lincoln but here's who might be offended at that people who live. Truly, on the west side of of Lincoln, people who are who people who live out right on, uh, oh, I don't know, Warlick and Old Cheney in that area, maybe, perhaps, and they're like, no, we are the true, we are the true Southwest Lincoln, right? That is, you've got to get past, you've got to get way, well, not Warlick, even further west than that, I should say, um, out by the. Out by say, I mean, eventually you'd have to go a little bit further up there. But like Pioneers Park, out there, that sort of thing, Wright Park by YMCA, like that's legit Southwest Lincoln, isn't it? I I, I don't know, but I'm still, am I being disrespectful to True West Lincoln if I call 27th and Old Cheney Southwest Lincoln? Do I need to reform that practice? I mean, I'll blow your mind. I might call, I don't know, fortieth and Old Cheney, fortieth and Pine Lake. Uh, I might, I might even call that Southwest Lincoln.
0: No, that's
1: not. That can't do that, can I? I don't know. Fortieth and Pine Lake is fortieth and Pine Lake, Southwest Lincoln. Probably not. You would make a good, a very good case against me if I would do that. But just sitting here. Like th- it's, just
2: not, far, like it's just, just not far enough west to be southwest? Yeah, not, not far
1: enough west is the big thing. Because,
2: because cause if you get to 40th and Pine Lake, you're not that far from Lincoln's Southwest High School. That's true. And, and we know the naming on the high schools is not really super relevant as the city expands.
1: But here I am saying 40th and Pine Lake might be southwest, and there's people at the Warhorse Casino going, hey. What about us over here on the slots? <laughs> if you're Southwest, what are we, huh? What what exactly are we in this situation? I think that's uh, that's probably a an, an interesting question too. Now,
2: <laughs> I, I, I like this definition Chicken Rich has as we're going back to where downtown is. Yes, yours is very. Here's where a line is. Mm-hmm. His is a little bit more. It might be person to person, as he says. I consider downtown. My range, I would walk at lunch on a cold or rainy day from the federal building. <laughs> okay. Whatever is close enough for me to walk on a day I don't really so, want to be outside, that's downtown. I'm going to guess he's not I'm going to guess he's not going
1: to the rail yard from the federal building on a cold <laughs> and rainy day. That's my guess, but he'll have to answer that question. Now, flipping to the other side, Northeast Lincoln like, do we all, are we all kind of on the same page that O Street is the line on the south side of that, uh, that we're talking, I mean, I feel like this one might be more universally accepted, but I feel like Northeast Lincoln, it's pretty much, I don't know, what do you guys think? 48th? It's O, 48th and O is the the fulcrum, the angle there on the southwest side, and then you know, going up north on 48th, then, all the way to to the interstate, right? Going to the interstate, and then the interstate to wherever, however far east that you want to take it. 98th? I mean, I it goes way out there now. 112th, maybe? And then back to O. I mean, you're getting a little ag land in that if you draw a straight line and you're you're nearly you're nearly grabbing a chunk of Waverly. If you do that, you could throw a rock and hit a Waverly hit Waverly there from I-80 and uh, 100, 112th Street. But I think that's what I'm doing. I think I'm saying I think I'm saying northeast. uh, That's that's a lot of that's a lot of undeveloped land there. If I'm going to go out to 112th, is that too far? That might be too far.
2: Well, Panhandle uh, Steve has got a suggestion, and you can't just do kind of the the quarter. You got to add a North Central and a South Central.
1: See, that's the question. Is but but I think like okay, if you add a North Central and a and a South Central, so he's meaning he's meaning up north, but not northeast or northwest. Right. Is what he's saying. Yep. So he's saying like North Central. So l- let me throw something out that he might be meaning say like uh 48th and cornhusker then is that north central north 48th and cornhusker well how about how about you know east campus is that north central hm i don't know i i feel pretty good with the north i'm pretty good saying anything east of 48th is northeast now the question is, what is the name if that is actually the case? You know, like um uh Unite Place. Do you think is Unite Place is Nebraska Wesleyan Northeast Lincoln? I tend to think so. But th- that's pr- that's fairly far. What do North Northeast Lincolners think? I mean, shoot, you've got to go down a decent amount west to get Havelock in the whole thing. And Havelock is definitely Northeast Lincoln, right? A hundred percent. There's, there's no doubt about that one. Um, that leaves an area though that this is what he's talking about though. if I make 48th the line, you basically have the the East Campus area that is that divides then a bunch of northeast. that's between Northeast Lincoln and downtown. is East Campus an area into itself? like, it, like if I'm talking about like Huntington Elementary School, is that on something called east campus even though it's not literally on on east campus maybe that's a, I, I, I don't know this is something we need to decide we need to we need to think about there's a big some big residential areas down there fleming fields that's not downtown right that's also definitely not northeast lincoln i i think i would have to propose that we have an area that's just called east campus east campus area Mm -hmm. that goes from uh that goes from o street like the 1011 studios i would technically have on my east campus neighborhood so it'll go i'm gonna give this uh from all the way uh, i probably shouldn't go all the way to o street though should i maybe vine um vine up north all the way again to Cornhusker highway Yeah, I think I'm good with that. I think I'm good with that, and then we start downtown. There, okay. I think I've taken care of Caleb. Just in this segment, I've taken care of fifty percent of the land in the city. So now I just I got I got a few more names I got to work on here.
2: As someone who didn't, I don't grow think up anybody here, will agree with me. I'm going to get to a map and I'm going to draw lines and just let you look at it and go, Oh God, no! <laughs> what yours are? <laughs> <laughs>
1: it, what we've learned is, and I mean, again, we've got a high school in Lincoln called Lincoln Southeast that is neither south nor east
2: <laughs>
1: at this point. So I think we have kind of a history now of having very fluid definitions of
9: directional regions. that we Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe.
5: Terms of fly
0: Waking babies in the North Bottoms, and then helping them ace the ACT since the 90s. It's the voice of Nebraska volleyball, John Baylor.
1: Here to answer the very important question that we have presented to the city of
6: Lincoln is the governor's mansion in downtown Lincoln. Paul oh, glad to join this raging debate about what is and what is <laughs> not downtown Lincoln. Are
1: you... Twitter? Are you? I sent some. Uh, I sent some. No, uh, perhaps some. No, um, no, I think. it, Listen, I think it's fascinating. Oh. I think it's. I think it's yeah. fascinating. I think Twitter it's, uh, is
6: a blaze. X is a blaze right now.
1: There are plenty yeah. of times that you've you, got to tell someone where something is generally in this city, yeah. and you use these terms that we should all be on the same. You know, all be on board with.
6: I mean, Hunter Biden is now relegated to page two. <laughs> That's Even not, at Fox, yeah, that's, not yeah. Yeah, no, that's not happening. Can you imagine if Hunter were in Benghazi? <laughs> I, mean, I think Fox would go wow. commercial. We'd go commercial. We go
1: commercial free. You know, thanks, John. Thanks no. for bringing that up. No. I, I'm glad. I was hoping to get some calls about Hunter Biden How about today. Pershing? Pershing, Pershing. It's going down
6: so fast. It's like I blink and it's gone. It's like it's like uh, bankruptcy. It happens very slowly, and then then all then of a sudden, very, very slow. <laughs> like Pershing's demise was very yeah. slow. And then boom, gone. <laughs> There were some good days JB,
0: there. JB, that was a decade.
1: Oh, that, that, a yeah. decade. The final concert was, uh, according to yep. what we looked up, March 2014, ZZ Top. Really? By the way. The first concert at Pinnacle Bank Arena was September, I believe, 2013, and- Michael Buble. Uh, and so it is bad. we are coming up just now on 10 years from Pinnacle Bank Arena. I'll miss it. And almost 10 years from uh, Pershing Closing and just sitting there and letting the asbestos fester or One whatever's Elvis's going on. Elvis'
6: final concerts was there. Died a little bit later after Ken that. Ken Reckoway and his Afro shooting hoops for Lincoln East. That's in true. The, in the state tournament, the place was packed. packed. I saw the million-dollar man Ted DiBiase
1: wrestle there. Nice. Yes, I did, with his manager, Virgil.
6: And you go off the top rope. And- oh yeah,
1: nice. It was great. Those the, using those beautiful bathrooms in Pershing, just t- t- state of the art, obviously. Pro wrestling
6: referee school incompetent, absolute. Did <laughs> he t- t- teach him to turn their back yeah, at the worst can't. time? I'm like, you know? buddy, he's got a div- something in his trunks. <laughs> Hello. Pro did, you wrestling. did you not see the song pro wrestling's oh. referee school if you see yeah. someone pick
1: up a chair this is a good time to glance around the audience and make sure you're distracted by something else yes
6: absolutely. if you're running their referee school and you somehow keep your job uh, you're, you got photos of the boss or something oh well all God. those referees
2: oh, they went to the same school as Dora the Explorer you look to the audience and you say can you find it <laughs> where is it
1: I don't know if JB was in the oh, door of the Explorer uh, parenting that, generation. That, that joke wasn't for him. All right, thank you. I appreciate it. That was, <laughs> that was definitely straight in mind.
6: You know, audience getting more and more youthful. I love That's it. That's
1: true. Yeah, Caleb refers to all these kids' shows now. I've never heard of them. Every uh, Bluey. You ever heard of Bluey?
6: Yes. My o- kids like Bluey. Okay. Very, okay. Very well done. Mm-hmm. Australian yeah. show, The Dad's super cool. The Dad's, yeah. Oh, it's awesome. I didn't yeah, want for great. you
1: to know what it is when I brought it
6: up. Cause... I saw Bluey a couple times, and I love the idea idea that the dad never has to work. I mean he's just totally
2: focused on the kids. Well, he he does go off to work, but oh. yeah, he does a lot of stuff at home. Take it back. Very involved. <laughs> He's working. He's got a hybrid situation he's an ar- going he's, on. He's an archaeologist. He, oh, he, nice. He, yeah, he flies off to work every oh, now and then. Oh, digging
1: like an archaeologist. Get it? Nice. Yeah, There you three go. Weeks oh, three weeks from tomorrow. Three
2: weeks from tomorrow the
1: game. How's the forecast looking? Have we looked at the Super Extendo forecast Unclear. yet? Clear. I'm pull up AccuWeather. They have a very. I'm not sure that it lives up to their name of AccuWeather, but they do have a 30 day forecast nice. that is available on their website. That's so. It. I want to know what's cooking in 2028. I will. I will get get a look at what we've got going right now. Meanwhile, what is uh, what is today the start of uh, when when is today's the actual start of camp? Right, I believe
6: so. Camp. Indoor and uh, getting ready, and you know who knows what these Huskers going to be about. I I, I think they're going to be uh, probably ranked preseason number five, but that'll solely be based on the recruiting class because no one knows. You know exactly how good they're going to be because the, all these players are brand new. You're going to have f- four freshmen on the floor, probably. And then Merritt Beeson, you could have five players at one time who weren't even on the team last year. Uh-huh. Yeah. You have an outside hitter, you have Lexi Rodriguez, Becca Alec. I mean, presumably, you have two players. Uh, it would be the minimum from last year's team that'll be on at one time. But it's, it's a total overhaul.
1: Yeah, and I, I mean in some ways yeah, similar to what's going on in football where you just don't know they either weren't playing last year, or they were playing le- somewhere else last year and so you don't have a great sense of of what they are, but it does feel like uh it does feel like that sort of that setter que- I mean, I saw I just read an article in the the Journal Star that nice. really broke down the setter battle that is going to be going on oh. Brent, Brent Wagner did that, Kennedy right. Orr, Bergen Riley, you know, it's it's just Kennedy Orr is trying to, you know, the 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 high recruit and and then dealing with injury problems, dealing with some inconsistency last year. Bergen Riley. Bergen Riley comes in to John Cook's comparing her to Bud Crawford in this wow.
0: article. Calling her an assassin. That's what he, he wow.
1: compared her to,
6: to Bud Crawford. Undefeated welterweight. Which how do champ. you
1: lose the job if the head coach is Comparing you to Bud Crawford after what Bud Crawford just did.
6: Undefeated Omaha native, 37-year-old welterweight champ, Yeah, Bud Crawford. He's awesome. Yes. Yeah. Well, if she's as good as Bud Crawford, I like our, our season's chances. Yeah, that'd be good. And if Kennedy can refine her magic from high school, well, we're loaded, at setter. But we'll just take one right now. We'll take one reliable pinpoint placement setter, free from ball handling errors. You can't have one or two ball handling errors every game. It's spotting the team yeah. a couple points.
1: It was interesting the way they described it. They said you, you just have this inconsistency. But on the other hand, you've got Orr who makes sets. And I don't even know exactly what this means, but Cook and Hunter both, and Hunter both said this. She makes sets that people just can't
6: make, also. As in spectacular, a- spectacular
1: athletic sets. Spectacular sets.
6: Athletic sets, getting the balls that uh, other setters can't get to. Great footwork. It's the hands. It's can, Can't you refine the, the hands that. Uh, Made her the top recruit in the country, not just top setter in the country two years ago. Top recruit in the country. Yeah, man. Uh, And it'll be interesting
1: to see because last year, and I know you dabbled in a different system as well, but John Cook was willing last year to keep trying things until he found something that he liked in terms of a combination with the setter. He was trying things and trying things. It was a a chem lab last year. It really was. Trying to figure out what could work. Not only from the, you know, just the alignment to the actual personnel that was in the alignment as well. Yeah. And I don't know. I don't
6: know what that means for this year. I think the uh, two-setter offense will become a museum piece uh, at the Nebraska Volleyball Museum because I don't think that's coming back. Okay. I could be wrong. But
1: will the, you know, will person who gets out there and in you know the those first matches here in a couple of weeks uh, how much you're going to see whoever the other person is after and, that and maybe, barring injury hopefully maybe both you know? will
6: play because at the very least Kennedy could be a that's serving, what I mean. serving specialist so there might be actually a one rotation where it will be kind of a six-two two two setter off that's yeah. where you you sub out uh, one setter and bring in another just for that one rotation and it it feels like when
1: when you saw when i read kelly hunter talk about it it's that they really, I mean, they feel like they had it down, even at the, the setter position. What they needed defensively, to the extent of setter provides that, but they've they've got to improve their offensive attack.
6: Yeah, they've been great, suffocating defensively, blocking, serving's been excellent uh, at least statistically. But the offense has been very inconsistent, very unlike Nebraska. I mean years past, boy, we were just dominating. We we were known historically as this huge behemoth offense. You just would basically announce what we we're gonna do, high ball sets and bang, and we got a lot faster over the last decade and a half. But um reason we were able to go fast is because we had great setters and yep. timing was great and we trained like nobody else. But yeah, the offense has uh, not been itself of late. Uh by the way, accuweather
1: Wednesday, August 30th forecast 86 for your high, cloudy and humid thunderstorm in spots in the morning, followed by a thunderstorm in spots in the afternoon.
6: August 30, they've got figured out? Yeah, I'm telling you, they, they will give you out a, a, up to a month or more in advance here. I don't even have luncheon plans for I, today. I'm I, not I, sure what's happening this afternoon. I would not. I would These not. Guys. According to the
1: meteorologist that I talk to on this show very frequently, please do not stake anything important on the AccuWeather month ahead forecast.
6: Oh, if you work for AccuWeather, you're telling your spouse, hey, it." Four fourteen in the afternoon. Three weeks from now, I'll be walking Rover. I mean, you really know what's cooking. You got it.
1: Uh, night low that night, sixty six. So that would be nice if the rain stays away. If that if that actually happens, but um, but you know, of course, Nebraska gets going prior to that. So. Uh, that will, I think, I keep forgetting that, that those are not going to be the first matches of the year, but you'll be, what, two weeks from this weekend, right? You'll start to have some home games.
6: Yeah. 25th uh, and uh, 26th, right? And, uh, yep, we got Lipscomb, Utah State. I, right now, I'm wondering what will happen to Cal and Stanford. Yeah, I wanted to get Uh, to that. they, They are the orphans out there. I mean, Washington State and Oregon State, but they don't have the cachet or the draw. They could easily be absorbed in the Mountain West and and it wouldn't help them, but it, it, it would seem like a natural fit. Cal and, and Stanford in the ACC? Or in the, that's that's Mountain, the latest Mountain West? Yeah. I mean, why the ACC? So Cal is going to be playing Miami and Florida State. Uh, now, you know, Bay Area's got donors with enough dough to pay for those charter flights, but that's a ton of travel, and we're not just talking about football. I mean, you know, volleyball, of course, but all these other sports that just—they'd be on the road nonstop. The idea that you could stay connected academically would is a bit of a stretch. So, I—I uh, I mean, the Big Twelve, sp- a Big Ten, excuse me, is spread out all over the place, but they seem like a natural fit if Stanford and, and Cal could, if the Big Ten could figure out how to absorb them. But no one's even talking about that. No, I, it feels like they're—they're they're kind of standing pat at this point, and—and. And-
1: JB, if it's really about, I mean, if it is really about not necessarily the entirety of the athletic department, not totally about academics, the biggest factor is how much they're going to increase the football media dollars that that you can present. And San Francisco
6: is a huge market. That's you've true. you got the Pacific Northwest with you've Oregon and Washington. Southern, I mean, it just seems like a natural you would grab those two. Yeah. Yeah. And no one's talking about And obviously about
1: the it. academic benefits of 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 that as well there was talk earlier but it just it sounds like they're standing pat here at this point and i mean part of the issue is that if you invite you know you invite Oregon and Washington in and you're going to give them what 25 30 million i don't know what they're going to get per year that that's going to be taken away right now from the other schools prorated Mm -hmm. but it's going to be taken away from the other schools you do that again it's not much there but then you do it again, and that's going to happen again until you get a new media well, deal. Per, yeah,
6: presumably there'll be an, another. Media, event, yeah, because the old, media, down the line, the I old think. media deal didn't take into account you'd have the Bay Area, you'd also have True. the Pacific, Northwest. and maybe you
1: add more to it too because of that. Maybe you're able to to add some supplemental things, some extra streaming, or you know, Apple and
6: wants all, to jump in. And conceivably, it could be a defensive move to make sure that you don't that these two schools don't join your 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 chief rivals. Either the Big 12 or the SEC. <laughs> Cal and Stanford in the SEC? Or the ACC. <laughs> I mean, they're talking about the... Come on. That would be amazing. Yeah. Cal and Stanford they in the get, SEC? They would get annihilated.
1: <laughs> I, uh, I mean, it's not even getting annihilated. It's kind of the culture fit. Is, yeah.
6: uh, no, feels like a stretch. But the ACC, I mean, they're going to be a rival of the Big Ten. So But uh, uh, yeah. I mean, it seems that like culturally Stanford, Cal with Michigan and uh with illinois and uh um you know athletically it seems like a decent fit so i'm hoping that the powers that be are looking at the larger
1: question is i mean i feel like at some point and and this is what you were referring to at some point the non-football sports when these conferences get get huge they're going to say this is ridiculous we need to have we need to have geographic smaller conferences subdivisions subdivisions Yep. I don't know if football will necessarily be saying that or if that'll be you know driven because you know if it's quasi NFL I mean come on you know Denver and San Diego and Kansas City are in the mm-hmm. you know in the same division or sorry they're LA now and San Diego I mean so that I mean you do have to still be a student but but that's that's feasible I think for a while in football I don't know so much if it is in you know for instance all these sports that Stanford has been so successful in over the years, you go down the line and and Caleb talks about track and field and he bas- you basically said, and Caleb, don't let me put words in your mouth, but you basically said you don't really need a conference necessarily for track and field. For, tra-
2: for track, you don't. And I mean, there's a couple of sports that it, it ultimately doesn't matter because you'll go to, for track, you're going to go to the meets that you can get to, whatever's within your budget, and a lot of those will be more regional until you get to wherever the conference meet is. So so for those it doesn't necessarily matter how often you see your conference foes but in a lot of these sports women's soccer you're you're playing against conference foes you're you're determining who your who your regular season champion is you don't really have that with something like track and field and would there be a true
6: conference champion in the regular season when it seems difficult for in a lot of these sports, all the teams that have even a comparable right. schedule.
1: Right? Are we going to do the Are we going to do the Big Ten
6: baseball tournament in Omaha with twenty four teams? Yeah. Is it going to be six weeks long? And you, you wonder if, like in football, do you even need to play non conference games anymore? Yeah, just, just play within the conference.
1: Well, because otherwise, eventually, you are going to get so big that you are not going to see certain conference teams for five years when when yeah. you start rotating out there and you won't go into the road some conference games in you know maybe 10 years mm. as you you continue to rotate this whole thing out and then that doesn't even get to schedules like basketball and volleyball um and 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 how you do that exactly i mean they didn't. They had a football schedule out for 2024. I don't know what they were going to do exactly for volleyball. I assume it was a lot of weekend trips. USC and UCLA just taking turns essentially among the conference.
6: You fly and you play two teams that are partnered together, and you you, you fly home. But this is amazing for volleyball. The Big Ten is a super conference already, but you add Oregon, Washington. Washington's won a national championship. Oregon's been close to a Final Four a bunch of times. UCLA and USC have been down. But they have some of the greatest right. traditions in the sport. I thought I re- I
1: can't remember the percentage, but the the Big Ten, with adding those, have like half
6: of the national championships, or yep. more than half of the national championships ever in college volleyball. You can now. count the elite volleyball programs outside of the new Big Ten on one hand.
1: Yeah, yeah. For a while, right? Hawaii, Texas, um,
6: Hawaii, Kentucky's can- got a national championship. Uh, yeah, Kentucky, Florida. Florida, and Texas maybe baylor maybe hawaii it's been a long time i mean i'm slowing down
1: yeah yeah um yeah that's it's it's utah state obviously um they're coming into town (laughs) So <laughs> Listen, I don't want to give them any bulletin board material. I would put Utah State, yeah, Texas, about yeah. on the same level. Lipscomb. Lipscomb. Right there. When you're, going, when you're talking about the greatest volleyball programs of all time, you've got to have Lipscomb in there.
6: Um, the Aggies come in here and they've got nothing to lose. <laughs> that's the, that's the rallying cry. Hey, no one expects anything of us. It's, and just kaboom. I'm a little surprised you came in. You came in talking about how,
1: how the Big Ten should get Stanford and Cal, and it wasn't like this pervasive sadness of just about everything that's happening that so many people have. Do you not? Uh, do you not have the pervasive sadness about, about how the the we old we've capitulated? Big... The Pac-12 is done, and we've capitulated well, to
6: big football money and nothing else. Well, it's a case in point of poor management because ten years ago it was the Pac-10. 12 trying to woo texas mm-hmm. and woo oklahoma and it was a close call they almost mm-hmm. had them all and now here they are disintegrating and the big 12 is inheriting them <laughs> right it's just a case study of of poor uh, management but i'm kind of excited about playing usc and ucla and now uh, oregon and washington and i think these students i mean they're adaptable and with all the money, maybe there'll be more charter flights, even in some of the minor sports. I mean, it's what an exciting experience for these kids. And a lot of these kids are doing online education anyway. So it's already a departure. But uh, from you know, the traditional model where when I was walking the campus of Stanford, I felt a kinship with the other students. I mean, there are a few players on the football team I didn't exactly look like. But, uh, um, you know, it, you didn't sense there was – uh, two different worlds, the athlete's right. world and the regular student's world. Whereas that's, that's going to,
2: that, that, that uh,
6: horse has long since fled the bar. And,
2: and those schools, by the way, out there on the West Coast, they take their their facilities seriously as opposed to like when you would see Nebraska play at Rutgers in that cafeteria.
6: <laughs> For what sport are we talking Volleyball. about? <laughs> Volleyball. With yeah. all the Is trick it? shots. The old, <laughs> the old alumni home oh, no, college avenue uh gymnasium yes with uh um, i was just happy they moved the tables out of there for yep. lunch earlier today uh, you got ground rules in there like it's a mini golf course <laughs> how, how about rutgers in maryland they are, they got to be Damn. so fired up they sneaked in
1: mm-hmm. yeah no kidding was a big was that short sighted by the big 10
6: i mean Ru- maybe they're saying that about nebraska i don't know well, if, no one would say it about Nebraska if we'd fared better uh, on the football field of the last. year. I think a lot, any, you know, complaints about our joining the Big Ten have to do with well, we were always so successful at football, and then suddenly we joined the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. Is there a coincidence, or is 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 there a causal relationship right there? But beyond that. Um, you know, the two major sports have struggled, but beyond that academically, it's great our reputation it's a huge improvement volleyball it's a huge huge improvement um i mean how much of volleyball success is predicated on being a part of the big ten some that big ten mm-hmm. network some yeah, I mean we had a lot of other things going for us, but yeah. that hadn't hurt. Well,
1: when I'm talking about my favorite Big 12 rivalries of all time, I got Oklahoma, Nebraska, I got Kansas, Missouri, and of course, Arizona State, West Virginia. Um,
8: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> Talk about a culture clash within a co- conference, by the way. Arizona State, West Virginia.
6: <laughs> yeah. But, you know, they've, they've Utah and both Arizonas, I mean, Big 12 is viable. I mean, this is a power conference yeah. again. And they were on life support for a while. Yeah, Central Florida against Cincy. Utah. Yeah, Cincy. Not Cincinnati's a great program Cincinnati. in a lot of sports. Yeah. Yep. But no history with any at, of those I, other schools. Man, I have heard so many doomsday takes and to have
1: you in and not giving us one. I just, it's, 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 it just feels odd. I'm just
6: surprised. Doomsday because people may miss the big six. They, yeah. miss, they miss playing Lincoln High the back in 1898. O- o- Omaha YMCA.
2: Um, the Crete All-Stars. Look.
6: Losing Oklahoma was unfortunate. Um, Playing KU and K State was nice; it's an easy trip for the fans. Yeah, Uh, but uh, we start having success in the major sports in the Big Ten. I think people will be just fine. This positive outlook from JB. Also. It's a, it's a direct flight uh, from Omaha to LA. Yeah. Yep. So th- th- those will be some be some sweet rivalry games.
1: All right, we are out of time. We'll uh, talk to JB again next week as we get closer to the season. Weekend of camp, you hopefully all it. good news there. Sometimes so. I throw out some pessimism today. I'm feeling okay. I love it. I love it. It's going to exit the show in a good mood today. <laughs> all right, nice th- switch. Eight fifty seven. We'll take a break. Wrap the show for this on KLIN.